Uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome everybody to uh, episode 150 uh, of Dude and the Monkey. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Noring, hello. Uh, so yes, so we have been on 150. Uh, Ian, you haven't split the screen yet, have you? What? Have oh, you split the screen it does automatically. Oh, does it automatically? Does it automatically? Very good. Yes, episode 150, where... when, and, and you're going to see this and it's not going to be at all. <laughs> It did last time. It did last time, yes. Um, we are going to bring you two reviews that we think perfectly sum up uh, 150 episodes of Dude and the Monkey, uh, in the sense that we're going to bring you Hail Caesar, and then we're going to bring you uh, a review of London Has Fallen, the sequel to Olympus Has Fallen, a film which we both actually really enjoyed, and surprise, surprise, a lot of other people really, really enjoyed. Um we're also going to chat some trailers. There's been a few out over this week, um, and some what we've been watching. I know I've got a few to chat about, um, uh, and then I think we've got a couple of questions to answer. Um, so, is there anything that's happened this week that, that you feel we need to talk about before we get into trailers? Ian, um, I will say, um, I think I might scrap. Let's forget physical. All right, because I've taken the decision that unless something is never going to go down in price like Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah. I'm not buying anything over a fiver on iTunes anymore. If I want to watch a film, I will rent the fucker. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I already had that uh, anyway. I won't pay, you know... It, it, I will occasionally, Saturday nights, uh, I, I will occasionally pay like seven ninety nine. But my usual limit is, is four ninety nine uh, for stuff on iTunes. Uh, just because the way I look at it is... Nine ninety nine is a lot to pay for something that, that I might watch twice, and especially when I feel four K is coming down the pike, and I feel like by the next time I want to watch this film, it's going to be in a superior format. Well, that was it. I was I was tempted with uh, I, I didn't get it in the end. Uh, I was tempted uh, to get Spectre, uh, but I wasn't going to buy it on its own at nine ninety nine. I was going to buy all four at twenty four ninety nine. But, I was, but only if I could get a £25 voucher with a 20% off, so it would knock them down to 20 quid. Yeah. That's four films, essentially, at a fiver each. That is how I was logicising it in my own head. I'll send you 25 um, quid iTunes credit for 20 quid. But I don't know what I want to know that. I, think I, I, I looked at it and thought, but the thing is, I own Casino Royale three times on Blu-ray. Uh for some reason. And one of those Blu-rays I don't want to get rid of because uh, it's a really nice looking steelbook and I'm getting rid of a lot of my Blu-rays but I'm, I've decided I, mean, I was going to get rid of the steelbooks and I decided, do you know what? I don't want it and I don't need the money. So, I'm sorry, by the way, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to own this hair. I don't know how stupid <laughs> it looks. I'm just going to own it. It doesn't look bad. I, 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 I'm wearing a, a, a reverse baseball I cap. So I, I love it. I'm a fan. <laughs> um, sorry, go on. So yeah, so uh, so I, I decided I, I probably wasn't going to get it uh, now, um, but yeah, I, I think what I bought I bought one film this week. I bought I bought Walk the Line. Uh, I went to watch Walk the Line. Um, I do have Walk the Line on Blu-ray, but um, I thought you know what? From now on, what I'm doing is if it's four ninety nine, I'll buy it. So I had a, had a check uh, and it came up four ninety nine. So yeah. I thought. Fuck it, I, I'm gonna buy Walk the Line. See, I bought Turbo Kid, and then the following Monday it turned up on UK Netflix. 
And it's like, yeah. for fuck's sake. But I, I'm fine paying a fiver for Turbo Kid because I really liked Turbo Kid. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, I think I... I rated Turbo Kid from US iTunes when it first came out for, I think, six ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to buy it, and I thought, hang on a minute, it's on Netflix. And I get, I get the feeling that's one of those films that's never not going to be on Netflix. Yeah, I, I, yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's really interesting. I mean, not to get off on a, a tangent, but, you know, it is what it is. It's really interesting that, like, this over the last couple of days, it's been announced the Criterion's coming to the UK. Yeah. And it's just, like, has that shit slightly sailed I don't think it has what I think is, is, will happen is I think that physical media will become um, will become the home of the collector uh, essentially so you'll get things like Criteria um, will still kind of flourish they wouldn't be launching in this country if they, they didn't yeah, if they didn't think they had a market if yeah. they didn't have a market there and I think probably the way they're judging that market is they're looking at it and going well how many of our things sell on um, eBay on Amazon and things like that how many people are importing to the UK and they looked at those numbers and thought well hang on a minute those numbers make sense um, you know it does seem strange to launching now but I think it's because they're looking at it and, and saying well hang on a minute People, yes, yes, the market is shrinking uh, for DVD and Blu-ray sales. But I don't think the market is shrinking for DVD and Blu-ray sales of companies like that. I think the market is shrinking for DVD and Blu-ray sales for things, for instance, like Spectre. Or maybe not Spectre as such, but for instance, when the London has fallen comes out on on Blu-ray. Unless they release that just before Father's Day or something like that, it's probably going to do mediocre business. But shit, loads of people watch it on Netflix. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. It's just I, I, I was rather taken aback by that announcement. I like I like that they say it's going to be like specially selected US titles coming to the UK. No, it's, it's going to be worth... all the ones you can get a license for <laughs> yeah. are going to be the ones you bring over. Don't like don't. Which is the same as what Arrow has done with Arrow US. Yeah, you know, I mean, just fucking just own it. You know, it's like in the end of the day, blowout. Which the Criterion is lovely. The cover is still my favourite DVD and Blu-ray cover of all time. That fucker is... It's, uh, it's a lovely... It's amazing. Um, that, that fucker, Arrow, have got the licence to that. They, they probably paid a good bit of money doing their extras for it. Yep. You know, so... Uh, it's, it's, gonna, it's, a, it's a great release. It's a good, it's a good disc. Are they going to get like, like, let like, Criterion take the licence? Fuck off, are they? Yeah. You know, like BFI, Seven Samurai, and like all the Kurosawa they've got. It would be nice if they'd sub-license it to Criterion. Will they? Probably not, because they've got their own Blu-ray releases. I, it just... I, I, it's, I agree with what you're saying about the market shrinking, but not for the collector. But then again, you, me, Jord, used to be massive Blu-ray collectors. Yeah. And we've dropped off a fucking cliff the last year or so. Oh, you know, I, I, so. Abs- absolutely. I mean, I, I would say, you know, it, it, it's not... The studios aren't going to look at it and go, oh, my God, we've lost these three guys. But the fact is that uh, between the three of us, you've probably dropped 300 to 500 Blu-rays a year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, trying to big us up in the slightest. All I'm saying is that if people... Like if you, us. If you told me five years ago that I would be giving up blu-ray for a format which is quantifiably lesser Mm. i'd punch you in the mouth 
Well, that's because the, the weird thing is, I um, I actually did watch uh, Big Trouble in Little China uh, this week, uh, and I bought it on on iTunes. It was four ninety nine, and despite the fact that I have it on Blu Ray, um, on uh, the Steel, but the Arrow release, um, I thought, Do you know what, four ninety nine, that's 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 worth it to have the convenience of just having it on there mm. um, for. If I ever get rid of the, the steelbook, which I won't, it's a really nice looking steelbook, and there's a, there's a shitload of great features on that as well uh, that I will at some point hopefully get to watch. But then I watched it this week, and I did think, "Ooh, this isn't as nice looking as my Blu-ray." Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but then I was looking at it going, "This isn't as nice looking as my Blu-ray." However, it's a fuckload better looking than my old DVD. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting. I just the buying is going to be much lesser until at least until 4K comes out. Once yeah. 4K is out, and I know that's that for a good long while, then you know that's that's fine. But I, yeah, it's interesting. But anyway, moving on. So yeah, right. let's let's forget physical. I think is going to be kaput. But yeah. you know, fuck it. I've, I don't know anyone yet. I don't know you a thing. Fucking thing. Uh, right. So, what trailers have you been watching uh, this week, Ian? Um, what have I been watching? I watched the first kind of rough trailer for Noel Clark's latest. Um, He's still around. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is the end of his hood trilogy. Oh, so he's actually done that. Yeah, he's going What's back to the well, like no one's business. Brotherhood. Brotherhood, okay. Um, and it doesn't look like the film, I. it doesn't look like my thing. Bruv. A lot of bruv in it. There's even a joke in it, actually, where like he calls someone blood, and then some younger guys just laugh at him. <laughs> and it's like, what do they call them now, then? I don't fucking know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, there you go, but yeah. There yeah. you go. Uh, trailer for Finding Dory, which looks really, 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 really similar to Finding Nemo. Let's be honest, it looks fucking boring if yeah. you've seen Finding Nemo. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about that one. I'll be taking Lottie to see it, and if she just points at the screen and goes, fish, fish, blue, 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 for 90 minutes, that'll do. Fair enough. You know, but I mean, I, I don't know. They, they've got a decent enough track record with sequels. Not perfect, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. That's it apart from the big one for me. Uh, yeah, I think, what did I catch? Um, yeah, uh, I, I pretty much agree with those apart from, like you said, there's the there's the big one as well that came out. Um, there was another one I think I watched, but I can't remember what oh, it is I, now. Actually, do you know what? I saw one in the cinema... Um, uh, I think before um, Hail Caesar, Criminal, which is that the um, Kevin Costner one? Yeah, man. Now what? I've not seen it, but I, but I've seen it cropping up in a few places. This looks bloody mental. Yeah. So I... it's like Ryan Reynolds. It seems like he might be in a bit of a cameo-y role. He plays he is, yeah. this like agent guy who's killed. And the memories and skills of him are implanted into Kevin Costner. So then it's Kevin Costner going around trying to, like, solve some shit while having flashes of Gal Gadot while Gary Oldman and Tommy Lee Jones run around. It, it just, like, what the what? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like anime. This movie's out in a couple of weeks. How how has this only just arrived on everyone's radar? Yeah, like I genuinely was like, I've never ever ever heard of this yeah. in my life. I saw it cropping up in a few sort of places uh, and thought, is this is this a, a Kevin Costner TV show? Sure, what is it? And then I eventually it was like, oh, there's a movie. All oh, right, bang, cool, man. Oh, by the way, I'm loving IMDb. Credited cast sorted by IMDb star meter. (laughs) Okay. Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, Alice Eve, Gary... Gary Oldman is less of a star than Alice Eve. You know why? Because she half got her boobs out in Star Trek. Yeah. What the what? Robert Davi is like 14th. <laughs> well, you know, IMDb Star Meter. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a new one. Shit it off. Um, yeah, but yeah, looks like a Netflix watch. Yes, it, it, it sounds like a Netflix watch. Absolutely. Um, I got to that Rock the Casbah. Um, a Bill Murray plays a um, rock manager. Uh, oh, who... I'm sorry, criminal directed by the guy who directed the Iceman. Uh, oh, 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 I didn't mind the Iceman. Neither did I. Yeah, we, 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 we kind of said that was a, that was one of the most seven out of ten films yeah, <laughs> that yeah, we've yeah, ever yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, sorry, sorry for interrupting, so, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah. Rock the Casbah. Uh, Bill Murray uh, playing a, a rock. Um, music promoter slash manager who goes out to Afghanistan to promote uh, an artist played by, guess what? Zoe Deschanel is playing a singer. Well, fucking blow me away. Stretchy stretch. uh, uh, It's been a while since she's actually done much apart from that painfully irritating TV show she's in. Um, A lot of people seem to crop up in this. A lot of people. Uh, A lot seems to be going on. Uh, It's a... Yeah, it's not going to be a cinema one. It will probably be a Netflix watch or a a rent. Uh, And then, of course, we've got the big one of of the week. Um, Go on, then. Uh, Yeah, Ghostbusters looks good. Ghostbusters. Wait, uh, one more before that. Uh, the uh, trailer for Nina. The everybody's pissed off because uh, Zoe Saldana had to go a little bit blacker. Okay. <laughs> Have you not seen this? No. Zoe, Sal- no, Zoe Saldana's playing um, Nina in Nina Simone biopic. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Really? Uh, okay. So because um, she's wearing makeup to make her appear a, a, a tinge darker. Um, everyone's up in arms and saying, well, why couldn't they have just got a, a a darker black person? And it's a bit like, ah, dang on a minute. <laughs> you really are fucking splitting hairs now. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, Zoe Saldana's official response to it so far has been, oh, Fuck, Fuck off. off. Yeah, good for her. Um, as was uh, David on the Hell Yeahs as well. So um, he, he pretty much said the same thing because uh, he's in it as well. Uh, it, it looks all right. It'll be quite interesting because Nina Simone led quite a, an interesting life. But yes, Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, it, it looks really good. Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't see how that trailer makes people worried at all unless they were already worried to begin with it yeah even even that i, I, I don't know because i thought when i saw the trailer I, I sat down to watch it 
Uh, I waited and watched it when I got home on uh, the on my TV, so I wasn't watching it on my phone or a computer or anything like that. Um, and when it finished, the first thing I did was when I'm gonna watch that again. I'm gonna watch that again because it, it got me right. If you told me that was on now and I could go and watch it in an hour, I would do that. Yep. Um, and I thought, well, everyone's going to be like that. That's going to be the thing that turns everyone on to it. Um, and then I, I, I messaged you guys on the WhatsApp and everyone was like, yep, absolutely well on board. And then I started sort of looking the next day uh, along social sort of media and everyone was like, oh, it looks shit. Oh, it looks boring. It looks dull. Well, that looks crap. I thought, oh, you bunch of miserable bastards. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... They've got a nice varied cast of characters. The effects look fine. Like, there are people criticising the, 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 the visual effects because they don't look good, as good as the original. I mean, I mean, in the end of the day, fuck off. The original had the, 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 the dogs, which don't hold up now. They, yeah. they might with your nostalgia eyes. They don't now. Yes, there's a lot of CG, but it also had Kristen Wiig getting a lot of very physical green shit chucked at her. Yeah, that looks fine. Um, Leslie Jones looks all right. Kate McKinnon looks interesting. I, I like the amount of sassiness she has. Um, Kate, Kate, Kate McKinnon. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Kate McKinnon licking the gun and gave me a boner. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, I mean, there's totally that. But she looks. I like that she kind of seems like sassy, but also maybe like a bit stonery as well. Like that. I, I like the fact that I laughed several yeah. times at a two and a half minute trailer. I laughed several times, and by the end of that trailer, I went right. None of those characters are going to annoy me. The only thing that might, the the the, the only thing that vaguely worries me, and I am absolutely one hundred percent up for this movie. The only one thing that makes me go, that's a little bit worrying, is the fact that they're all ex Saturday Night Live people, and there's there's points where Saturday Night Live people, when they're all together in a film, the ad libbing gets out of control, and it ends up being okay. This is funny for you guys and everybody else on set around you, but everybody who's watching it in a cinema has stopped laughing. No, I, I think I think Feig has enough of a directorial um, control. Whereas, like with Judd Apatow, it does kind of feel like he just lets the camera roll. I think yeah. Feig probably does run quite a tight ship. His films, his films are long, but they don't feel like they're just improv off. No, certainly over. Over as he's gone through in his like past two or three films, yeah, he's got a lot tighter, and he does seem to be a, a nip that in the bud quite quite well actually on that. So yeah, so Ghostbusters, I am I am absolutely well up for it. Uh, I think it's great. Looks great. Yeah, why the fuck not? Bang up yeah. for it. Cool. Right, we shall step into our first uh, main review, uh, which is of the Coen Brothers. Uh, long awaited, I think you can actually say, because I remember Aaron first reading about this. Ooh, nearly. 10 years ago, um, Hail Caesar, um, starring Josh Brolin, George Clooney, uh, Alden Heinrich, uh, Ralph Fiennes, Johnny Hill, Scott Johansson, Taylor Swinton, Channing Tatum, and then a, a whole host of cameos kind of crop up from um, Dolph Lundgren to Clancy Brown to Christopher Lambert. Um so, set in the 50s, uh, Josh Brolin plays Eddie Mannix, who essentially is like a studio fixer there to uh, right the wrongs and keep the press uh, away from the stars and make sure everything runs smoothly. And essentially the film is like a day in the life of, uh, of Eddie Mannix. Remember, we are all spoilers all of the time. So it's all of these little, little bits that he's got to sort out in the day 
the same day where he's got to decide whether or not he wants to take another job or keep this job going. Um, Ian, hail Caesar. Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, it's very episodic, and I think the story only just comes together in the end. Um, but the episodes I enjoyed very, very much. And I think the sum of its parts were kind of more than the whole, um, weirdly. Um, it's not vintage Coens. I, 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 I just don't think the story is as well put together as a lot of their films. But I still think that an eight and a half, nine out of ten it, like film generally, it might not be vintage Coens, but it's still better than pretty much anything else any other directors are doing. So I had a really good time with it. I was rocking a beast of a hangover. When I, <laughs> like a beast of a hangover when I saw this. Um, let's just say I don't think I'm going to be showing my face in Viva Brazil in Cardiff again anytime soon. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I it, it, it soothed my hangover very well, I was in the right frame of mind for it and enjoyed it immensely. You, Mark? Um, yeah, I um, I watched it uh, on a Sunday evening, and I ain't been watching a, a film on a Sunday evening in, in a fair old while. I think the last time I watched it on a Sunday evening was Apocalypse Now, um, but not in nineteen seventy nine. Uh, I watched it a few years ago, about two thousand nine. Um, I, I I really really liked it. Yeah, I, I think I thought it was fantastic fun, um, which I think is what the, the whole point of the film is supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. It's, yeah, it's not trying to tell you a fucking thing. No, this film, no. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's what's incredible is it, it, it's it, it, it's the the whole conceivement of the film uh, is as impressive as the actual um, the actual film itself. So. That's what the, what the Coen Brothers have always given us. They've always given us this, these wonderful kind of visuals and these wonderful ideas where it takes you somewhere and you go, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. That literally is not what I was expecting. But the brilliant way the Coen Brothers do it is it feels natural to the piece. It never feels like they're taking the piss out of the audience or that they're trying just to appear clever or smart or smug. It always just appears like this is the way the story appeared to them. So when you've got a bunch of communist uh, writers rowing Channing Tatum out into the middle of um, <laughs> the sea, and you go, and then you're going, "What's going on here?" And he stood with a dog, and then all of a sudden, a a German, uh, sorry, a Soviet submarine appears. You go, "Fine, bye, fair fucking play, <laughs> fair fucking play." And uh, yeah, and there's wonderful moments like that. Um, it, it, it's great the fact that the Coens. I think one of those few kind of directors out there that quite literally can get people to just come really turn up for a day, do their bits and then piss off, yeah. you know, so Tilda Swinton, you'd be very surprised if she was on set for more than a day or two. Yeah. I mean, Francis McDormand, it looks like they did that bit in a day. Yeah. yeah Jonah Hill in a day. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how they get it. But it's also as well, it isn't like they don't present these people like, <laughs> Jonah Hill, it's Jonah Hill, it's Jonah Hill. Mm. He, he doesn't get like a big laugh. He just is doing something, and that's it. Mm. And then the wonderful way that stuff happens off screen 
in Coen Brothers movies. Um, they have a lot happen off screen. So Scott Janssen and uh, and Jonah Hill, what happens with them happens off screen. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it worked. It, it worked really well. I've seen a lot of people call it um, kind of bitty, which I, I find a little bit like. Well, it, it depends on which way you look at it because I, think I, look, I, I find it bitty. Just to say, yeah, I, I didn't find it bitty because I, I think it's it, it depends on on which story you kind of focus on. Because I've, I've heard somebody say that it read a review of it that said it was very bitty and it got off track a lot. And I thought, hang on a minute. This reviewer, and I can't remember who it was, I can't remember which magazine it was from, this reviewer thinks that the story of the film is the kidnapping of George Clooney, and it's not. <laughs> That's just one of the threads that runs through I, I, Eddie Mannix's story. Yeah, no, I mean, it is it is about Eddie Mannix, I agree yeah. with that, but... And I don't have a problem with this, because I know the Coens are just... It's a very affectionate ode to... And, and, of course, they were kind of, like, pointing out the ridiculousness of Hollywood and cinema. Yeah. But the Channing Tatum dance sequence is not needed. The Scarlett Johansson, uh, uh, like, swim sequence is not needed. It, But they are there, and they are enjoyable. Yeah. But if you weren't getting on with the film, I could see how those things would cause a problem for you. It's I don't think it's a film that is subjectively really 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 good but like, what, I'd, what i'd say there is is if if you've seen the trailer and you've got this movie and then you go oh well that bit was that bit didn't i don't think they needed that bit i don't think they needed that bit it's a bit like but hang on a bit you watch the trailer right yeah I, no yeah yeah i mean like <laughs> i i think the day we start like I don't know, the day we start judging a film based of what was on the trailer is the day we start deluding ourselves. But I, I it, it's just... But if you didn't, I, 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 I think can, you I didn't see, have those I, I, I can see where people are coming from. That's, I, 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 genuinely, I don't care, though. I genuinely can't, to be honest. I think if you take those bits out of it, you lose a lot of the fun of the film. Well, yeah, you lose, you lose a lot of the fun of the film, but do you lose any of the meat of the film? <sighs> I think the meat of the film is the is the actual is the ride it takes you on, and I think part of those is the enjoyment of, of the ride. Uh, they the fucking loop the loops that you go yeah, around. You yeah, don't fucking no, need I it mean, to make the ride. What is it? But it makes it, it a lot more enjoyable. It's it's a ride which is very very fun, but it's it's only there to please itself. It's it's very self indulgent. It's just I like the Cohen brothers being self indulgent. Whereas oh, I, if I, I was I someone who maybe wasn't as tuned in with the Cohen brothers then maybe I could see yeah I'm not feeling this oh, that's, that's, a, that's a fair point yeah I think it's it all depends on, on which on where you sort of I think with the Coens on where where you kind of your Coenist lies which, so. which is which is why I'm saying objectively yeah if you were like just being boring and writing out in black and white this bit added something this bit didn't then I think you would come along and say Nah, it's not that great. But the the actual what is in that content and how it is shot and how it sounds and whatnot. I, I mean, I saw one I, I, somebody tweet saying that they thought it was a really ugly looking film, and it's just where is what what what? Um, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I like the elements, but as I say, I think the individual bits are better than the whole. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm still really looking forward to watching it again, though. That's the thing. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. In the fact that, but every so often, I think the Coens do this. It was often the Coens do a film where, where the destination has isn't isn't fucking important. It is quite literally what is happening on the way to to get in there. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. occasionally, you people get them and go. A serious man was one of those, um, mm. and people went, "Well, nothing happens." It's like, no. You spent all of your time waiting to see what happened, that you didn't actually appreciate what was happening. What was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think the, the, the Coleman's do that a lot. This Big Lebowski's the same. Yeah. You know, people go, "Well, what, what, what happened? Not nothing happened." It's like loads happened. Well, what was the story? But the story was a guy just wanted to know why somebody peed on his rug, and he wanted a rug back. He yeah. wanted his rug back. That's it. What happened? It doesn't matter. What is fun is what happens along the way. Yeah, I mean, and occasionally yeah. you get you, you, yeah, that's that's what the Coen Brothers. I mean, my personal sort of favourite Coen Brothers movies are when they're doing that kind of thing. When they're doing the the more comedy element, I still like the serious Coen Brothers movies. Absolutely, I do. But the ones that I will go to more often will be things like your uh, like your Hail Caesars, like your Raising Arizona or Hudsucker Proxy or things like that. I will go to them more often than I will sort of No Country for Old Men or Miller's Crossing and things like that. And it's not necessarily saying that they're better movies, um, even though some of them are, I think. Um, but what I will say is that they're a lot more kind of enjoyable to watch in sense of, right, sit down. And, and it, it's strange that you've got filmmakers like the Coens that um, have got the reputation that they absolutely deserve. But when you look at it, their um, their output is split down the middle between quite sort of serious films, but then quite basic, pure entertainment films. Yeah, 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 no, totally. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, you know, they won their, their, like, their loads of Oscars like 10 years ago, and mm. it's kind of... They just, they're, they're the Coens. They can kind of, up to a certain budget, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Well, the People will star in their films. And they're, they're, they're a better quality, at, at, at present time, they are a better quality Woody Allen. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but I think the thing is as well, the, the Coens don't need um, budgets of 50 million. 100 million, they don't need that. No, it's fucking cost like 30 something, didn't it? Yeah, they? I mean, I, I think it was now at 25 million, which when you think about it, 25 million, uh, and that's a movie that, that, that stars the people it stars, is incredible. performances of Hobie was, of Hobie was, was fantastic. He was, just a real kind of, I mean, he was the all-American boy, but it, it, it's just, it, there was not a shred of kind of nastiness or anything to him. He was just really, really nice to everybody and just trying to do the right thing at all times. I thought he was a fantastic, every time he was on screen, he just kind of, you went, this has got brilliant. 22 million, sorry. Yeah. I'm 22 just million. He's made 46 so far um, like worldwide, so insane that isn't it i mean it, it, it will make it will make some money but it's probably quite glad that the production budget was quite small but yeah, yeah like you say considering the stars it is mental that it's um I, mean, I have to wonder how much josh brolin can actually command these days i wouldn't say it's 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 it, it's gonna be a great deal but i think it, you know the fact is brolin uh and will work for scale 
ill when they're working uh, for the Cohens because they'll just work for the Cohens mm. because Clooney loves working with the Cohens and Brolin owes, let's, let's be honest, he owes his, his current career to the Cohens yeah, because yeah. he was on a highway to nowhere before he did No Country for Old Men. Mm. And, and since then, you know, he, he's put out some, some great output uh, out of it. Uh, you know, it gave him a new lease of life that he very nearly fucking ruined. Mm. But then he, he's cropped up recently, the past couple of years, things like Sicario, where he's been he's been very, very good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, anyway, the fucking box office is a fairly boring conversation in, in the end of the day, <laughs> so maybe I should move on. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, it just, it's... It, I, 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 found, I, I find it very insubstantial, but it, that's what it's going for. It's not like it was aiming for something else and, and missed it. It just... Mm. It very much is what it is. It does its job well. And it gets the fuck out of Dodge. I'm looking forward to watching it again on Netflix in a couple of years. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I mean, I went with, with Becky, um, and when we came out, she actually said, I'm tempted to go, just go straight back. I'm going to have something to eat and go back in at the half nine screening now as well. Oh, fair uh, she, she absolutely adored it. Um, I, I, I think that I feel sorry for anybody that watches this movie and doesn't come out a bit smiling, to be honest. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a definitely not shit. It's it's an absolute barrel lass. Um, and I, I I loved it. I'm really looking forward to rewatching it. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, I mean, I really, I definitely not shit. I'm obviously not as high on it as you are, but I I still had a really really good time. Cool, right, Ian? Um, give us one of your or some of your what you've been watching this past week. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll just run through them because I'll I'll be honest with you, bud. I'm um, I'm feeling a bit. Um, a bit knackered, so uh, I, I'm probably not going to be wanting this to go on much beyond half nine, if, if possible. Yeah, um, nice. but uh, fuck it, why not? It follows. I did it follows again. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a bit better. Um, I think without the deafening, it's the best horror film since three months ago. Talk, <laughs> um, uh, it. I, I I think it's better in isolation. Um, Disaster Pieces score. There's a couple of cues that they repeat that bug bug me, but the main theme is awesome. Like the main the main theme in it is amazing. Um, and the direction. I think there's some really well done, like single bits, like the. The opening scene with the camera revolve like revolving round. I think once you know what what is actually going on there and like what the camera is trying to do, I think it's more interesting. And I had a more interesting time looking in the background, watching for when people were walking towards people in certain scenes. Mm. Um, and I think Micah Monroe's very good in it as well. The rest of the cast are, are really leaden, and I, I, it, there's a kind of like a, a, a like it's an old school word, but there's a fecklessness about everybody in the film that really pisses me yeah. off. Yeah. Um. And it, I, I, I don't know. It feels the whole thing feels like a film where the director would be pissed off that you're calling his film a horror movie. <laughs> um, it's like when Greg Araki pulled Kaboom from Fright Fest. 
Yeah, because he said it wasn't a, a horror movie, which it wasn't a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, which to be fair, Kaboom wasn't. But he was just like, I don't, basically, I don't want my film playing this type of festival. And it almost feels like the director would be one of those types of people. I mean, may, maybe he's not, but the, I don't know. It feels like it's trying to be more. And yet, the internal logic of the film still does my nut. That film. I was, having an, I was having an argument with Brad on Facebook, and after a couple of exchanges, I just went, do you know what? I can't be arsed, Brad. I, ju- I just can't be arsed. And he was like, well, you know, d- don't you want to have, like, don't you want to have a discussion? You know, that's what, like, friends do. And it was like, well, it would basically be, we'd argue at each other, neither of us would agree, and that would be a complete waste of time and effort. There you go. And this is the thing, it does feel like with It Follows, you're either having people who agree with you, which is always nice for the ego, or people who just disagree because they they have their own viewpoints. It's the, the main crux of the argument is that, okay, the guy sets up the rules of the film and then the film proceeds to break them, but who's to say that he knows the rules? That's yeah. the argument. Now... My counter-argument to that would be, why fucking bother in the first place then? Just have this unknowable force where there are no rules. We don't know what to expect. Wouldn't that be way scarier? My issue with, with the film was... I mean, I, from what I remember, it was a while since I watched it. My issue with the film was that it bored me, <laughs> to be honest. And I, throughout the entirety, I was just going... All of these people are stupid, and not even horror stupid, just stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is... The, 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 the yeah. swimming pool scene particularly annoyed me. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, the swimming pool scene is ridiculous. And it, again, there's an argument that says, well, they're stupid teenagers, that's what they do. Right. And, that, and the the counter-argument to that would be, well, it's not very fucking fun to watch stupid teenagers be stupid, is it? And the other counter-argument to that would be, they're stupid, and then there's that fucking stupid. The, I, I, yeah, watching that scene again, the placing, like, a load of electrical items and dangerous things around the pool and proceeding to do fuck all with them. Yeah. And then the thing just chucks them all in the pool. <laughs> it's just... it, it, it's, I it, mean, it, come it, on, that sounds stupid. And yet that is what happens. I don't, I don't think I'm actually, like... No. I don't think it, I'm changing anything there. It, it just felt a bit student filmy to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, the thing is, I mean, it's it's pretty good looking. Like I say, I do, I do. The score in places, I think, is really effective. And I, I, I don't know. I liked it marginally better. It just, I'd say, you can have arguments about the film's internal logic until the cows come home. This is my opinion on it. I've watched it twice. I do get that there are counter arguments, but I think you can counter those arguments. So I, I don't know. It just, it's a bit of a lightning rod film. And I mean, like, I think we're probably going to review the witch next week, aren't we? Uh, probably. Yeah. Cause there's, there's fuck all else. Out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really worried. The witch is going to be another one. I'm really, really worried. It is. I'm already at the place where I'm going into it going, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Will, I, the goat's intriguing me. Black Philip or whatever its name is. I've, I've seen ca- nothing about it. There, I'm, I'm, going a, in, I'm going in seeing nothing about there, it because I think that is better for me. There's a goat called Black Philip. 
I like the fact that the goat is called Black Philip. I'm intrigued uh, to see what that's about. And then if there's a goat in it, it, it it's it, it's already got me mildly intrigued. Yeah, so there you go. So it follows, yeah. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. It's not going to cost you anything if you've got an Amazon Prime subscription. Um, I'll just rattle through mine if that's all right, dude. Um, yeah, cool. Miller's Crossing is great. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's really top draw stuff. Um and I did a um, I did a Van Damme double bill. <laughs> oh fuck! I, that, I knew I what I knew I meant to watch some. I was going to watch Kickboxer. Yeah, ah, I forgot. So I watched Kickboxer. What else did you watch? In Hell. Oh, I haven't seen that. Is it? it well, you'll come in a second. Right. So yeah, they're both on Netflix UK. Um, so yeah, I've never seen either of them. So Kickboxer, yeah, um, which yeah. Yeah, fights choreographed and directed by Jean Claude Van Damme, which was yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, ridiculous, awesome. Um, the opening sequence, well, the opening title sequence has a like is a montage where one of the yeah. things is. John Claude Van Damme and his brother arrive in like a red light district. His brother runs off, like hooks up with some woman, and John Claude Van Damme's just there smiling at him, going, "Oh, that silly Billy!" Oh, he he, 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 he kind of goes, "Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah, that's a, a video <laughs> yeah. casting uh, bonus there, guys. That's exactly what he does. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean the the, the story for what it's worth." Van Damme is his brother's coach. His brother gets fucked up in a fight by, by, Tom, oh. by Typo, playing seemingly himself. And it's a not. guy who. So, it's, it's to not. It, 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 that is a complete fuck up in the, uh, the credits. Really? Complete fuck up in the credits. You know what? I was thinking the guy, his, character, his character at one point rapes Van Damme's girlfriend. And I was thinking, holy shit, this guy. Is putting his own name on this character? No, it's a casting mis- it's a, it's a credits mistake. The real get name the guy's name is Michelle Quissy. Um, oh, bless him. Who's been in other things? But yeah, they uh, they fucked up on when they were writing the credits down, uh, and it got repeated. So the guy who wrote the credits just left it like that, oh, and so God. it seemed for ages like he was playing he was playing himself, and he's not. The guy's been in a few of the films. Uh, what else have you been in? He was also in Bloodsport. Okay. Uh, and he was in uh, the sequel to Kickboxer, Kickboxer 2. Uh, and he was in uh, Lionheart, which is also known as uh, Airwall, Absent Without Leave. Uh, so a lot of Van Damme films. Yeah, nice. I mean, like, he looks evil. Like, yes. he's, he's very, very intimidating. Um, but he's dying the building now. Oh, my God, yeah. And just, like, the structure, like, the uh, the kind of the banister, like, starts yeah. crumbling. Holy shit. I, I mean, yeah, it's really, really fun. It's retarded. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the bit where Van Damme's training and then suddenly he can hear the warriors of old battling in the <laughs> temple... And then, like, to, like the end, he's fighting and he's having these flashbacks to the warriors fighting in the temple. It's it's quite something. There's something uh, there's something more silly than that in in hell. Um, so yeah, kickboxer. It, I mean, the acting's atrocious, but the the action, the action. Yeah, the, oh my god, the drunk Van Damme dancing scene has to be seen to be believed, guys. It's on Netflix UK. It's like an hour and a half long. It's it is worth your time with a couple of beers. It's it's great fun. Yeah. Um, so in hell, uh, directed by Ringo Lam. Um, There's also going to be a, a, a remake of um, Kickbox coming out soon, actually. Oh yeah, who's who's in that? Uh, David 
Bautista, um, Bautista. Dan, um, Gina Carano, and a few other people are in it. Yeah, that 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 could be interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, oh, also, by the way, I, I watched, I rewatched The Martian. That film's brilliant. I yeah. kind of take back my my complaints about the level of threat. The middle of the film has got plenty of threat, and by the end, it's just a bit of a joy. So, five out of five uh, <laughs> might have actually been in my top ten at the end of the year if I wasn't such a dick. Um, so, in hell, yeah. Um, so, um, Van Damme's wife is murdered. Uh, Van Damme murders um, the murderer and is sentenced uh, for life without parole in a Russian prison where he is basically made to fight to survive, essentially. Um, there's slight spoilers for In Hell. There are scenes through the film where Van Damme's in solitary confinement and he's visited by a moth. And he's having these conversations with a moth. Uh, a, a moth as in just a moth? A moth. Flying moth? A moth. Or a moth like the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth? No, no, I've, I've, just a flying moth. Cool. And he's going like, where did you come from? And like kind of chatting to it. And in a later scene, the moth kind of like turns into his dead wife. And Please tell me he fucks a moth. Uh, no. I, Damn uh, it! Um... And she's, like, saying, you know, you, you come back to me, you're fading away and stop being this horrible person and, you know, be, like, like live for me. And um, so, yeah, um, <laughs> you've got that. And it's this whole kind of, like, a man should, like, be true to himself and not succumb to base instincts and try and be better than no like than the, the the shit around him while at the same time very much indulging in van damme kicking the living shit out of people it's um it's a very very confused film um and it, it looks like it was shot in like i i I, I, in a place where human labor laws know no meaning um <laughs> It just looks muddy. The whole thing looks really muddy, um, and I, I, and then it ended. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't have that much to say about it. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. In hell, I finished watching it like on the train home, and I've already forgotten it. <laughs> but Van Damme's wife moth is in, of interest. Yeah. Van Damme seems like one of those guys where I don't think a single one of his films should be more than three ninety nine on iTunes, but I guarantee they all are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's about right. Um, yeah. Kickboxer's the recommendation out of those two. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I've seen Kickboxer a number of times. Yeah, yeah, I could see me watching that again. But yeah, over to you, dude. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, I uh, rewatched No Country for Old Men, um, which is great. It's a fantastic movie. Um, it really is. Um, but it is one that I, 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 I've, I've watched it three times now, and I think it'll be a long time before I watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is very, very good. Um, I rewatched Walk the Line. Not watched that for a few years. I've got it off four ninety nine off iTunes. Uh, it, it really is a fantastic um, biopic of of that era of, of Johnny Cash's life. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is very good. Um, it's 
it's it's a, it's a it's a weird film in the fact that it's quite joyous in the the fact that in the music and the fact that you've got um, you know Wacky and Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon are both um, doing the are both doing the um, the singing themselves. But what they've kind of done, which was quite clever, is go sing as you're going to sing it. Don't try and do impressions of, of, of them. So it does work out slightly different, and the arrangements have been ever so slightly changed to suit them, which works really well. It's a fantastic soundtrack. Um, yeah, I really like What the Line. Um, and then uh, I rewatched Trespass. I'm just going to rattle through these, by the way. Yeah, 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 sure, man. I rewatched Trespass, the Walter Hill 1992 film. Okay, I've never seen this. I, yeah, go on. Oh, I will give you a double bill, then. I will give you a double bill hmm. that will make a Friday or a Saturday night for you. Um, it's a double bill of I watched these films, I rated these these two films at the same time, and I watched them on the same night. And I remember watching it because they are like genius bedfellows. Trespass, the Walter Hill movie, which stars, and by the way, Ry Cooder still does the score for it, Ooh. Bill Paxton, William Sadler, but it's also got Ice-T, Ice Cube, Deborah Williams, and Tommy Listers Jr. Bloody in it. hell. Story is... Um, what is what is this on something? It's on Netflix UK. Oh, shit it off. Right, that's, right. that's being added to my list now. Yep. Um, Bill Paxton and William Sadler play um, firemen. They are um, in a, a, a fire when, uh, I think it's Richard Jenkins actually plays him, uh, when uh, a man hands them a map. They find out that this is a, a map and it's a treasure map to where a load of uh, stolen Catholic gold is. So they piss off to this derelict building to uh, with this map to find this, this gold and then happen to witness a gang murder um, committed by. I'm literally uh, sorry. I, I am paying attention. I'm yeah. literally adding it to my my list. By Ice T, um, and uh, so they end up essentially holding siege within the build within this building as yes. they're trying to still find this treasure. As Ice T, Ice Cube, the rest of the crew are trying to get them, but their only uh, kind of um, currency they've got is. The room that they are in, there is one door into, uh, and they have kidnapped Ice T's brother, uh, and essentially have have him spread across the door. So if they break down the door, they rip his arms off. If they shoot through the door, they shoot him to death. Bloody hell! Right, and it's a Walter Hill film. It's fantastic, and it should be watched. Followed by 1992's Judgment Night. The, um, have you ever seen that one? Yeah, the, um, oh, Estevez, Stephen Dorff, yeah. uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, and also got Dennis Leary in it, and Jeremy Piven, I believe, are in Judgment Night. Yeah, those two are perfect bedfellows. They, they make a great double bill. I, uh, need, yeah. I need me some Judgment Night. Is it on Netflix? I'm not sure. Motherfucker, I don't think it is. It'll, it'll, it'll be out there somewhere, is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, I also uh, rewatched Bridesmaids, um, oh, which is the only, the only Paul theme movie that I've not got on with. Um, I liked it a lot more, a lot more. Okay. Uh, so far as to, 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 to say that before I would have said, with well, Richard Bridesmaid, I would have gone, it's a piece of self indulgent shit. I'm now at the point of going, do you know what? I liked it. Yeah, I okay. admit I was wrong, I liked it. It's nowhere near as good as anything he's done since, and it, it it's still there's still points where you go that doesn't work. There's there's a lot more jokes in that film that just don't land, 
But then there's an awful lot of, of, of fun in it. A, a great moment is Melissa McCarthy going past uh, with all the dogs in her car. It is a great moment in that film. Nice, yes. Um, so yeah, really, really, really enjoyed that. Actually, uh, it, it was. It's. I think with that movie, you shave ten minutes off that movie, and you've got a great movie. Uh, and then I watched Punch Trump Love uh, um, last night. Oh. Uh, been meaning to rewatch it for quite a while. Uh, and finally got around to it last night. And it's always seen as kind of like the the lesser of all of Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. Um, and then I watched it last night. Uh, we, all like, know, we all know the answer to that. It's the master, but okay. Yeah, and I thought, <laughs> hang on a minute, how is this the lesser? Is it because it's half an hour shorter than all of, his, all, all of his other movies? Is it because it's got Adam Sandler in it? It's a great movie, and it's, it's a fucking weird movie as well. It's a very strange up and down movie, but um, really, really fantastic. I thought I was. It's, it's only the second or third time I've seen it, I think, uh, and was was again quite quite taken with it, and, and kind of feel a little bit shitty for the fact that I, that it's taken me kind of this long. So I watched it at the cinema. And I think I watched it when it first came out on DVD when I bought it. So it must be sort of like what twelve, thirteen years since I last watched it. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's it's fantastic. It really is a, a brilliant film. Yeah, man. So, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah, I'm very taken with Punch Drunk Love. The um, I don't know the way that the, the scenes kind of all like slightly blur and the the, the the slight like sleepiness of the whole thing. And I, I yeah, I'm yeah, that film's great. Yes. Um, so right, we'll get into our second feature review, um, which there might not be as much to talk about as Hail Caesar, so it's good to win it second. Um, Love has fallen. Uh, sequel to Antoine Fuqua's. Uh, uh, Olympus has fallen, and Jared Butler is back as um, what's he called again? He's got a right. He's Mike got such Banning. A Mike Banning. That's it. Um, Aaron Akar is is back as the president. Morgan Freeman's also there. Melissa Leo's here. Angela Bassett's here. Rather Mitchell's here, and a whole bunch of hey, who the hell's that? Uh, are also there. Um, story for this is. Uh, everybody's going to uh, a state funeral in London because the British Prime Minister has been uh, has died in possibly mysterious circumstances. So everybody has to go to London at short notice, uh, and it's essentially described as a clusterfuck uh, of security issues. Uh, and what have you? Uh, it turns out the whole thing is a trap by an arms dealer who is trying to get back at the Western world for bombing his daughter's wedding in trying to kill him. So you get, essentially, um, you get Jared Butler versus just an unreal amount of terrorists. <laughs> a seriously massive amount of terrorists. Uh, and along the way, you get so much violence and so much politically incorrectness, it is untrue. Um, Ian... London has fallen. What did you think? I had a perfectly good time with this. I, I genuinely, I do not see where all the sniffiness is coming from. I will, I want to say right now, the fuckheadistan line <laughs> is a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. That's, yeah. Now, the thing is, I've seen people say, you know, oh, it's all it's all people with dark skin who are the terrorists. No, no, it's not. No, there there are plenty <laughs> no. 
of no, people, not. of white people shooting at him. Yeah. Yes, the main bad guys are of an ethnic uh, of, of 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 an ethnicity. Yeah. They are. It's also established that the guy has no um, no allegiance to any no agenda. Cause no, he sells arms. And yes, it. I, I, I would say, yeah, probably would have been better, a better idea if they just made him a white guy. And then that would have stopped all that shit straight away. But it is what it is. I don't know. I, I just think people would have found a different reason to argue with that. It would then have been, oh, look, it's a white guy who's profiteering off all of the uh, all of these wars. It would have been that or something like that that had gone to it. It would have been another argument and it, 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 it is a case you, of you can't you you, yeah. you you slightly can't win and you if if, if 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 you're using if you're holding up a film like london has fallen it is any kind of political touchstone you are picking the wrong fucking movie <laughs> because this movie also has a gay president joke yeah. which i laughed out loud Oh, the the oh, I, I was wondering when you'd finally come out of the closet. Did it come out of the closet? Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that that team that with fuck Edistan was a bit like, do you know what? Back in hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this is the, the sorry. I just had a a text off Don saying um, Lottie's asleep. So can I keep it down? Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean. That, yeah, I, I laughed a lot of that, and the um, I also like the uh, right. You do this, you do this, you do this. What if you don't come back? Then you're fucked. Like that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that that's all I need. You know, I mean, this is the thing, man. It, it's it is a film for like steak eaters. You know, it's I I, I think birth movies death said a film, a bag full of sloppy red meat or something like that. And it, yeah, it is. And if you're not into that, you are not going to enjoy this film. If you are into that, you'll have a good time. Do, do I think it's racist? No. Do I think it's made in an environment where racial tensions are very, very high and this film maybe could have done things differently to avert it from those criticisms on occasion but do i think it's the like racist america hoorah fuck yeah patriotism fest that everyone else see like seems to be thinking it is not really it's an action film no and actually it it it, it doesn't kind of it very much sort of sets its stall out of kind of saying well, they did kind of strike first. Yeah, and I mean, this this is also a point. Like, in, I mean, yeah, they did they did antagonise the guy, and the first film makes that very very clear. But it also it does also say they didn't know something was going on. Now, maybe you could take that as some sort of meta comment for the fact that they maybe they did know what was going on. Who who knows? I don't think there are too many layers to this particular onion. There are. I mean, a, a, a great point that I thought was fantastic was the the stereotypical uh, Italian prime minister who is taking his uh, I mean, thirty year old life. There, there you go. It, it's like what you know. Why aren't people offended by that? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, I mean, that was that was, yeah, that was very, very stereotypical as well. Um, you know, and also, I mean, I got to say, I like Mark Kermode. You know, I like Mark Kermode. I was listening to his review this morning, and he was saying that the uh, what you made out of whiskey and uh, like bourbon and poor choices. He was saying, I don't think that line's supposed to be laughed at. It's like, what? And he was, he was saying, I don't think that's supposed to be a joke. So, no, what? You actually think he's saying his, his life is bourbon and poor choices? What? I don't know. It is a joke. There Cause, are Because his life isn't that. He's about to have a child with all he loves. Yeah. Um, you know, there are jokes in this film. And, yes, they're not just like, ha, 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 look how shit that is. They're, they're actually jokes. I don't see what the problem is. I mean... It doesn't do anything exceptional, London Has Fallen, but it's got shit of interest. I will say the CG is the fucking worst. I that I will agree yeah, with that. It's, it's rope, isn't it? That the seeds in the the, the, the the like everything exploding in London. It looks fucking horrible. It straight up looks like someone has or like almost like just put like a PlayStation 2 animation <laughs> over it or something. I mean it like they they those effects look horrible. I do wonder in a way whether there's maybe an intention there to maybe not actually make it look super super real so that it actually gets people thinking. Um maybe that's me thinking a bit too much about it, but if it was really 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 realistic looking, maybe it would be a bit too Disturbing, and maybe there's an uncanny valleyness to it. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking too much about this. I probably am. I, th- I think it was just the fact is this movie cost sixty million dollars yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than a hundred yeah, million dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, quite. But I mean, the the direction I thought was interesting. You could see what was going on all the fucking time. Yeah. That seemingly one take bit was very good. Yeah, was, was really really well done. Um, you know, there, there are moments of style in of action direction style in this film, which I I think are interesting. I, I, I like the fact that it doesn't it, it hands over the end of the story. Um, you know, it, it goes from where you think you know that the president gets back there. It doesn't end there. It goes, oh, but here's the other end of the story. Here's the other wrap up where um, you get um, what's the name? What's the name? Uh, Charlotte Riley, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. essentially getting the the, the, the bad the mole on the inside. I thought she was very good in it, actually. Charlotte, yeah, 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 man. She was, she was very good in it. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was nice to have somebody playing a role uh, that kind of role that didn't have a, a a clipped British accent. Yeah, nice and northern. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was quite, it was quite sort of refreshing because usually, I, you know, you think, hey, you're gonna go, you have a very clipped, you know, uh, Oxbridge accent that's gonna come in there, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, wait a minute, she's not putting on a voice. So that's that's quite refreshing, that, actually. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's that type of movie. It's it's big, it's bad, it's stupid, uh, it's dumb, but it, it's also quite a lot of fun. Really. And it's also ninety nine minutes long. Yeah, it is. Gets in, gets its shit done, and gets the fuck out. You know, which yeah, you can't say that about a lot of action films. It's about twenty. I think it's twenty minutes shorter than the first one. You mm. know, and it just it doesn't need to be any longer than it is. You know, it, it, like I, I, I mean, like I say, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shout from the heavens that it's one of the best action films of the year or anything like that. But in terms of utterly redundant action sequels, it's really. 
it's in the upper tier of that particular category. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a strange one in the fact that I, I don't think this film would have ever um, have made it to sequel level or would have ever made it to the cinema release that it's kind of guarded uh, if it hadn't made a shitload of money the first one. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The first one was a surprise success. It's done very well on, like, home entertainment and whatnot. Mm. It's It's got one of the best lines in an action film of recent years, and there's nothing in this film that matches that. Um, though, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, the what if you don't come back, you're fucked. Like, <laughs> was, uh, it, was it, it was pretty tro- like, 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 just so soon after the, I was wondering when you come out of the closet. Mm. Um, thing you know it's like fair fucking play you know I mean um, so Olympus Has Fallen did 161 worldwide off of a 70 million dollar budget that's not great no it's not great but he did a fuckload on home media yeah that's he, did over, he, did, he did over 100 million home media yeah exactly and now you've got um, London Has Fallen which did I mean it opened number one over here um, it did all right in the US. Um, Twenty-one million it opened that in uh, in the US on a sixty million budget. That fuck is going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be fine. You know, I, I mean, oh, got the tagline: "Prepare for bloody hell." Yeah, like, that's 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 fantastic. This I this film and this franchise, I think, do have it slightly more tongue in cheek than people that, that people seem to be okay with accepting. Mm. The um, fact that one of the TV spots was "It's about to get stabby." Yeah, you know, shit's about to get stabby. Yeah, and then, and then it cuts, and I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. <laughs> Where did that even come from? I know, but it's a wonderful line. I know, and it's actually started a thing at work now where someone asks me if I'm something, and then I say I'm something as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is great. Like, so, somebody actually great. turned to me in work this uh, this afternoon and said, "Ian, are you hungry?" And I just went looked at them and I went, "I'm hungry as fuck." You know, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's you know, it's I I don't know. It, it just it it's dumb. It's fun. It's probably full of cum. Yeah, but I I just I genuinely I, I had a I had a really good time with it. Again, I was rocking I a hangover. It was my double bill. I watched Hail Caesar, had some lunch, walked back in for London Has Fallen, and a guy um, guy behind me, when the credits rolled, first thing he said was, that was better than the first one. I'd be like, yeah, I think you're probably right there. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like it as much the first one, but I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't argue with him, let's say that. No, I mean, it's not as many stabbings, but the violence is still pretty gruey. That fucking bit where the, the um, it's in that car chase, and the... Uh, the, the, the motorcyclist is like his head's in the car and he's like <laughs> fuck you <laughs> fuck me <laughs> it's a very vindictive movie at points yeah yeah no I mean that that was you know it was great I mean he, that, he yeah. does sort of revel in the, the in the, the the cause of other people paying this of it yeah it does you know and which, I mean, which, which, which is it's supposed to I think this is the thing I mean like in the end of the day Mike Banning he's really fucking pissed off at this shit happening yeah I've, yeah i've got to save the president but for fuck's sake my kid's gonna be born in a few days i don't need this shit fuck me yeah fuck you you know it's fair enough yeah i mean it's all i don't know it's like it's the like the id of like i don't know expectant fathers everywhere it's just like look just let me get through my shit <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to get back to my wife and my kid. You know, just fuck off. You know, it, it, like 
this feels like that film, and it's quite... It's surprisingly cathartic, I found, the violence in this. And yeah. I don't know what that says about me, and maybe it was because of the hangover, but I had a perfectly decent time with this, and I think that there are people who need to calm their shit down. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's it, it definitely not shit from me. Definitely um, not shit. So, yeah, uh, I... I, I don't think there will be a third, but I'd happily watch one if one uh, uh, appeared. I, it would be great if it was Banning has fallen and Aaron Eckhart has to save him. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Or fucking, um, I don't know, America has fallen and oh it's just fucking, it's just Trump and he's got to kill Trump. <laughs> oh, or if it's just, yeah, Mike Banning just like going around America starting shit. <laughs> Stabbing people. Oh my god, that would be, um, that'd be Right, amazing. questions. We have a couple. Um, Ethan Barr reviews, uh, M Bar Films. Um, so, which of the movies uh, being made within Hail Caesar do you wish you could watch for real? Hmm. The Chinese Theatre one, because I'd happily watch Chinese Theatre in, in, in an old school musical. And apparently he's making one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah, yeah. Which I, which I, I, I will, I will watch happily. Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, if it was Clooney, the Clooney's character actually performing in Hail Caesar, I'd watch that as well because it was him and Clancy Brown, wasn't it? Yeah. I'd watch them walking around with each other for a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I probably would. Yeah, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Uh, Rich Kid, uh, Rich Jack Kid, um, his most memorable moments. Ask people for the memorable moments. He was the only person who gave us one, uh, and it was my snake in a duffel bag story. Uh, so go back and listen to old episodes because um, there's 149 of them out there for you to get through. Oh, yeah. um, but he says uh, in the 150 shows, what film? What was the uh, one you most enjoyed reviewing? Oh fuck me. Oh, fuck me. Sicario was a fun review because it was uh, as to uh, Mike and George, uh, uh, as to Noel and George. Yeah, that was a good one, actually. That was a fun review of like, getting the, the whole band back together. I, uh, I, en- I enjoyed the Force Awakens review. Um, I did as well, yeah. That was, yeah. That was a good review. Yeah. Um, there's been a few that we've, that we've done that I've, I've enjoyed. Um, Dracula was fun to do because of the fact that we were both just so. Oh, my God. What the yeah, hell is this? Yeah, didn't we? Yeah. Um, what else was good that we reviewed? Pretty sure that was the weekend I got Donna pregnant. <laughs> What's it? Yeah, just throwing that out there. <laughs> so, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I can remember that one has been, has been a fun review to do. Um, what else was good? We've had quite, we've had quite a lot of good ones um, done over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Oscar shows were always quite good to do. Yeah, Oscar Basin, it was a shame we couldn't do that this year. Yeah. Um, I missed that. Um, our, I, 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 we didn't review it, but our commentary of uh, both Alex Cross and... Oh, um, the Alex guest. Cross. No, the guest was good. What else was... There was... Oh, shit, the Schwarzenegger one we did. Conan. We did the... What is it for oh, Conan? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was great, that one. We need to do another commentary soon. We do need to do another commentary at some point soon. Yeah, yeah. When we've got a gap, when we've got a gap week, we'll do a commentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, uh, that was that, that was it. Um, so. Yes, that was episode 150, uh, people. Um, we are covering The Witch next week, I believe, Ian. Yeah? Yeah, man. Yeah, um, there's not 
a whole heck of a lot out because there's no fucking way you're getting me to watch Anomalisa again. Uh, I'm not fussed. There's, there's, like, I'm genuinely, like, I'm already thinking I'm just going to have to skip all the bloody film podcasts this week. (laughs) Why? Because you'll be there going, no, 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 no. If it wasn't Charlie Kaufman, no one would like it. It's, it's, White man problems. Spoiler alert. I think I might have said this last week, but spoiler alert. Man goes to hotel, fucks a woman who's a fan of his, goes a bit mad, goes home and is pissed off that he has a wife and a kid and people pull a surprise party for him and he's miserable. Great. 90 minutes of that. Awesome. Thanks. Well done, Charlie Kaufman, for that fucking insight. Sounds unblind. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not fussed by it. But uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by the. Well, I'm not, I'm, I don't know whether I'm intrigued by the witch, but I'll happily watch it. Is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, we'll so see, yeah, yeah, that's been episode 150. Uh, do the monkey at gmail.com mm. at do the monkey. The YouTube channel, which there'll be stuff on, even though let's get physical is not going to be there anymore. There'll uh, still be bits on it. I, Ian I, did a, a yes. brilliant uh, gaming thing uh, of a game called Bro. Broforce. Broforce, that's it, yeah. Which which was incredible, but fantastic. Um, and there'll be other stuff sort of cropping up on there, so keep an eye on that. And obviously keep listening to the podcast. Uh, and we shall speak to you next week. <laughs>